Welcome to another episode of The Law Firm and Finance. I am Lola Turner, and today I am joined by Terrell Turner, founder of the TL Turner Group and our law firm finance expert. So today we're going to be talking about three cash flow tips to help law firm owners really stay on top and help drive their cash flow forward. So stay tuned to this week's episode. So one of the things that we talk about on the show a lot of times is cash is king. Like that's something that you said, that's something we talk about. But like as a law firm owner, when you're thinking about practically managing your cash flow, like what are some of the things that you would say as a as a law firm owner like, "Hey, you need to be focused on this." And just coming from conversations we've had with clients, law firm owner clients that we support. Yeah, so three things I always tell law firm owners is first one is we got to stay on top of billing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is we need to understand your payment timing. And then the third one is we need to build out a cash flow forecast. Because um, if you don't have one of those, then it's, you're, gonna, you're missing an essential tool. Okay, so all really good points. I want to spend some time kind of diving into each one. So like, okay. let's start with the first point that you made, which the first point you made was really just talking about staying on top of your billing. Yeah. What does that look like? Because yeah. what I think when you say it, it's, it just is like, all right, like everybody knows that. But we've seen, <laughs> we have seen that that doesn't really happen a lot of times. Like not everybody knows that. So when you, when we talk about like staying on top of your billing, like what does that look like for a law firm owner? Yeah. So for a law firm, I mean, staying on top of your billing, I think the first one is making sure you're sending out the invoices. Now, surprisingly, there are a lot of law firm owners where they're busy doing the legal work and they're not sending the invoices to their clients. And sometimes it's because, hey, they ask for a big retainer up front or they have access to a line of credit or something like that to where they're pulling cash from that to run their operation and they're not sending invoices to their clients. And so that's step one of staying on top of your billing. And then the next part is following up to make sure the clients are actually paying their invoices. Mm. Now, one of the things that I see a lot of times is if you have not sent your clients the invoices, let's say you've been doing work for the last three months and you haven't sent them the invoice to replenish their retainer or for them to pay for the service, because you've been just using cash from different places mm-hmm. to fund your business, what ends up happening when you finally send them that invoice, there may be a bit of sticker shock mm-hmm. and they may be upset. And there have been some clients who then they give your firm a bad review because they feel some type of way about the billing process. Like your, your legal services were stellar. But because of your billing process, it just really made the experience not good for them. And you got a bad review, which impacts you with getting more clients. And so I always say is you want to have a steady pace on like, hey, do we do the billing every two weeks? Do we do it every week? Do we do it once a month? Whatever your cadence is, let's set up a process and let's get it done because people will not pay you unless you ask for the money that they owe you. Yeah, that's good. And just another question on the billing piece and staying on top of it. What's your recommendation just on managing like the retainer piece? So like you mentioned, a lot of times law firm owners are saying, hey, I have a big retainer that I collected up front. Let me not continue to, you know, let me just kind of, they get comfortable basically working off of that retainer and helping that 
that cash helping run their business. What's your recommendation on, okay, do you leave the retainer alone? Like, what? how do you recommend managing that? Yeah, so I mean, the, what the retainer is, is this a buffer? I mean, so let's say, for example, your retainer is, let's say, $5,000 up front. They pay the retainer, the $5,000 up front. As you're doing legal work, mm -hmm. what you're doing is, at the end of, let's say, month one, you send them an invoice for all the hours that you worked in month one. So they're replenishing the retainer. So really what the retainer helps you do is it helps you collect the money up front for the work you're going to do. And then once you do the work, you pull that money out of the retainer. Well, that invoice you sent out is going to get them to bring the retainer balance back to the 7,000 or whatever, whatever the level is. It helps bring the retainer back to that level. So you always know there is some money that I can pull from for the work that we're doing. Like we're not going to go in the hole or go into the negative is the idea with the retainer. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Second thing that you mentioned when it comes to just managing your cash flow and staying on top of things. The second one, can we spend a little bit more time on that? I'm trying to remember what was the Yeah. So that on? one is where we're looking at the timing of the expenses. Now mm -hmm. this one becomes very important because, uh, you know, the general rule is, you want to make sure you kind of align like you don't want to have to pay your vendors before you get paid from your customers and this becomes a big problem for a lot of businesses and there was one you know one conference that i did in atlanta with a group of law firm owners and one of the things that i did is i said hey here's how this looks so we took a a law firm and we pulled all of the payments that they had made for the last six months and i looked at hey the average you know, the average day that they usually pay. Mm -hmm. And so once we looked at it, we said, okay, all right, this person is usually paying like 65% of their expenses within the first 15 days of the month. Mm -hmm. So for that firm, let's say they had about, I think it was about $50,000 in expenses that they were paying before the 15th of the month. Mm -hmm. And then when we said, okay, Let's look at the timing on when you actually collect. And when we looked at when they collect, they didn't actually start collecting from their customers until like the 22nd of the month. Oh, wow. So that means you have on the front in the first 15 days, you have all of this money going out mm -hmm. and then you don't actually start collecting from your customers until the 22nd, which means you're running at a negative position. Like you're giving out more money than you have coming in for like the first 15 days of the month. And when we looked at it a little bit deeper, we realized person was like, yeah, I usually have some issues with cash flow around the 14th or the set between the 14th and the 17th. And I'm like, that's because you've been giving out so much money and you haven't been bringing any in. And so we looked at some things about, are there some of these expenses we can move to the back half of the month? And then also we looked at what if you ended up doing your billing every other week, like twice a month? Maybe we can bring some of that cash in on the front half of the month because you're trying to align. You don't want to be paying your vendors before you get paid from your customers. You want that to align a lot better. That's really good. I really like what you said because I think for a lot of a lot of law firm owners, they might not just business owners, they might not think about that importance of the alignment because as you're talking about it, like that's seven, eight 
eight days, you're basically your cash outflow. And that sounds like a cash flow nightmare because you have all the money coming out, especially if you don't have a buffer or mm -hmm. a good buffer. You have all this money coming out. And then your money and your basically your replenishment doesn't come in until almost a week later. And a lot can happen within that week period. So, yeah, and, yeah. And that's what they were running into to where it's like they were if something unexpected popped up within that seven days, they were like, oh, my gosh, like, what do we do? Like, how do how are we going to navigate this? And they were like, we got to cut back on our marketing spend. It's like, no, the problem is the timing. Like, mm -hmm. if we fix the timing, this will solve some of the headache that you're experiencing. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think also another point that you made that really resonated with me was just on when you think about trying to identify a lot of frustration for business owners, specifically law firm owners, is when you don't know what's ha like, you know that you're making money. And when you look at your finances at the end of the month, you know you're making money, but you're trying to figure out and scramble your head like, why am I, why do I continue to see some cash flow shortages? Or when I get to mid month, like I'm struggling. And it's because, like you said, there's no proper alignment between what's coming into the business and what's going out. So I think that's a really, yeah. really good point. Is there anything that you would recommend as a law firm owner, someone who has an accountant? Hey, what can your accountant do? to help give you visibility to what you did. Like for example, what you did at the conference with the law firm owners yeah. and the working sessions, what are some tools that a law firm owner can leverage from their accounting support to be able to get that kind of Well, the first detail? thing I would tell them is understand what type of accountant do you have? Mm -hmm. Do you have a bookkeeper? Do you have a tax preparer? Or do you have a CFO? Because though, Although the name is used interchangeably, like, right. oh, I got my finance person or my accountant, mm -hmm. like not all accountants are created equal. Yeah. I mean, just like not all lawyers practice the same type of law. Mm -hmm. So you do want to understand, like, what type of person are you dealing with? Is this just a bookkeeper? If it's a bookkeeper, maybe what they can do is some some basic analysis where they can provide you things with like, hey, what is your AR balance? What's your AP balance? What's your credit card balance? Like they can report the numbers to you. Now, if you're just dealing with a tax preparer, they probably aren't going to look at any of that. Exactly. I mean, that, that's just not their area of expertise. Mm -hmm. But now if you have a CFO, then you can go a bit deeper of like, now we can create the tools that we need. Like we can create some more advanced tools. Like the third thing I mentioned was like the cash flow forecast. Exactly. Like you're probably going to need a CFO minded person to create something like that. And so one of the things that I tell people is first understand what type of accountant you have. If you just have a bookkeeper, then they're probably not going to be able to create the advanced stuff for you. They'll probably be able to feed you some reports on what you need or I guess tell you where things are. But you're going to need a CFO to help you kind of look forward and to create some more insightful tools. And the good thing is you may not necessarily need to hire a CFO ongoing. Like I talk to a lot of law firms where they have a, a, a CFO coach or CFO review and they tell me like, hey, I'm just not getting the value. And I'm like, because part of that is you don't need a CFO coach. You need a CFO who's actually going to dig into the numbers and create some custom reports and create some custom things because if you're just using a CFO coach, they're going to ask answer some questions that you have, but they're not you're not paying them to do dig in and do the work. Right. And so I always tell people is if you get a CFO, make sure you understand the difference between what a CFO coach does and what a CFO for your business does. Mm. And so a lot of the and we do a little bit of both with with companies, but we do a lot more 
CFO work with law firms where, like I said, we create that tool like that where we'll look and see, hey, what's the average days of your expenses? Mm -hmm. Like, are most of your expenses coming out in the first 10 days of the month? What's the average days of your cash inflow? And we're comparing those two and giving you some advice about, hey, how do you align those a little bit more? Another thing that we're looking at is one is just how many days, what's the average days that it takes you to collect on your invoices? Um, that one becomes an important one because if it's taking you 45 days to collect on your invoice, that means if you send somebody an invoice today, on average, it's going to take us 45 days before we see that money. Mm. Now, in that 45 days, there's a lot that's going to happen. Exactly. So we really start digging into that and figure out how do you shorten that time frame. And then we also look at things like your, your cash flow forecast. Now, this one is a little bit more, a lot more advanced. What I would say is because we're looking at your historical, what has happened in the past, mm -hmm. and we're looking at non-financial data. For example, you know, one law firm, we were looking at, you know, their, we were looking at their average case value and we were also looking at their marketing saying like, okay, all right, on average, if you have 10 leads, let's say your close rate is 50%, meaning for every 10 prospects you talk to, you're going to get five clients. And then we looked and said, okay, your average client spends about, you know, $3,000 with you. So if we can do the math, we can say you have 10 prospects, half of those become clients. The average is three grand per client. That's about $15,000. And then we took it a step further. We can say, okay, all right, typically the amount of work that you do, because every case is not finished in the first 30 days. Right. Let's say, you know, you collect about 10% of the fees in the first, you know, in the first 30 days. So you got $15,000, 10% of that is $1,500. So I'm like, we can kind of predict what your cash is going to look like in, in the future mm. because we're combining financial plus non-financial data to help you. And I think when we started building those out for law firms, what it started helping them see is like, oh, here's why my, I'm running into cash problems or, hey, let's go back and have a conversation with your marketing company and tell them, hey, we need this many leads to come in. Because I think when you can start providing more clarity to know, okay, I know exactly how many leads I need. We know exactly what our close rate needs to be, which now we can kind of predict what the future looks like and avoid some of the cash problems. That's really good. That's really good. And I think, I think you've really encompassed... Um... I think you almost, I feel like you've already done the number three tip, which is the cash flow forecast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just recap it for us. If I'm a law firm owner, like, okay, what are my big three takeaways from this episode that we just talked through yeah. on managing cash flow? So if you're a law firm owner, I think the first one is, you know, you want to make sure you're getting your billing done. Like actually send the, the invoices out mm -hmm. and then follow up to make sure you're collecting. Number two is you want to look at kind of your alignment on, when are you paying your vendors versus when your customers are paying you? Because you want to make sure that you're not spending more money than you have actually coming in the door. Or you want to make sure that the timing makes sense mm. um, to avoid, you know, the cash flow timing issue. And then I think the third one is building out a cash flow forecast. Now, you're going to need a good CFO that can help you build it out. 
And it may not necessarily be something where you need to hire a CFO ongoing. Like there are some firms that, hey, they pay us anywhere from, you know, two grand to let's say four grand for three, you know, for three months for us to build out those tools for them. And then we can train their bookkeeper on how to update those tools moving forward. And then there are some that are like, hey, we need your ongoing support. Mm -hmm. So like, hey, we need you to continue working with us. So you can find a good CFO for either scenario, but you want to make sure, does that person understand how to look at financial and non-financial data to help me come up with actionable things that I can do to solve these problems and make my law firm better? I think that's a really good, good point to wrap it up. And the last thing I would say is I don't just something to be mindful of for law firm owners is the fact that it shouldn't be an all or nothing approach when it comes to hiring accounting help, any sort of accounting help, Um, specifically when it comes to CFOs, because like you said, the more complex models and models that you talked about will require someone that has a bit more experience and a bit more in-depth knowledge. So don't be afraid to hire someone temporarily, like you said, where we have, you know, we'll go come into law firms and we'll support them for three months or four months, get them up and running and then hand it over for someone to manage it. Now we live in a a world now where you can do a la carte services and those a la carte services allow you to get the support that you need for the period of time that you need it to set you up. So I would say as a last point is just don't feel like it is an all or nothing approach for your law firm. You can get the support that you need. And like Terrell said, hey, that is what you need to help drive your business forward. So absolutely. So, hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Law and Finance Show, where we talk about the business side of running a law firm. Now, if you know a law firm that needs this insider information, share this with them because there are a lot of law firms that are struggling with cash flow and cash problems, and that doesn't need to be the case. So, thanks for tuning in.